This podcast represents the opinions of our hosts and guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is for informational purposes only. This podcast also does not establish a standard of care, doctor-patient or client relationship. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. And because each person is so unique, all listeners are encouraged to connect with counseling and medical professionals for assistance with their personal journey. All people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect the privacy of those involved. You're listening to the We're Not Fine podcast with Doug Jensen and Dr. Talia Jackson. Hey, podcast team. How are you today? Fabulous. And you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. I just got home from Chicago yesterday. Oh, my gosh. I'm dying to hear even though I, secretly I already know, <laughs> but I'm going to act really surprised at all of these no, fabulous No, I mean, it's, there's probably more to the story that I told. So here is the funny thing. So my 21-year-old went to college in LA, moved back to Minnesota for about a week and said, I got to get out of here, um, wants to build their career in fashion. So if you have any need for a really hardworking person who knows everything about sewing and tailoring and costume design, et cetera. Um, let me know because they are looking for a career move in Chicago and pick Chicago. I think for two reasons, number one, wanted a big city. Number two, really could not tolerate the warm weather all year long, even though I think LA has its chilly nights as well. Um, so pick Chicago and everyone I know who lives in Chicago or who lived in Chicago would say, so the difference between Minnesota and Chicago, while culturally the Midwest, uh, the difference is the cold. And, you know, um, and, and they said because it's right on Lake Michigan, of course, the, the lake provides this wet cold. And I'm, I finally figured out last week that's what the hell that is because it goes right through your bones. But the funny fucking thing about Chicago, <laughs> and I laughed so hard. The first time when we were there moving them into the city uh, in November, there was like this wind advisory. And, of course, Chicago is known as the Windy City. <laughs> and we are driving from Chinatown back to Lakeshore Drive to get to East Lakeview where they live. And we get in this wind gust that is rattling my Audi. <laughs> and I see people trying to cross the street and they're almost horizontal, like trying to dive and get through the, the wind. But then I see people grabbing onto lampposts to avoid oh getting God. thrown off the, you know, thrown down from this wind. And I see people grabbing onto larger people to have this kind of, and it was... I literally about peed in my pants laughing. And then I got out of the car and then I was like, oh my God, I have to grab onto somebody, even though I'm a big dude. So does it make me a horrible person that that gives me like 10 out of 10 joy? Just picturing that. Like I literally, I seriously took it. It's the a funniest thing I've ever heard. And I wish you had videos. I, I got should've. like, I got sucked in this one, like Instagram real thing <laughs> last night as I was going to bed and I couldn't stop laughing. And Rob had to ask me what I was laughing about, but I'm obviously like a horrible person because it was like somebody sitting at a coffee shop 
looking out. I think it was in Europe and there was this like tiny little curb and everybody that walked by tripped and fell. I you swear. I have Freuda. You have I do. Oh my pleasure God. Pleasure and joy in others' misfortune. I couldn't have laughed harder. I thought it was the best thing I've ever seen. And were you the one that told me that the way to determine if people perceive you as old or young is if you fall and people laugh, that means you're young. And if you fall and people are like, oh my God, are you okay? You're officially over the hill. So I might Facts. have shared this story that gives you that, but I would know nothing about being old. No, you wouldn't. But I was hiking with my two beautiful children in California near Big Bear Mountain. And I literally, I'm so used to being athletic. So I jump on this big stone. I did not stay on the big stone. I fell <laughs> off and started rolling down the hill and I couldn't stop. And here I am bloodied and I turn around. <laughs> I turn around and my kids are both laughing hysterically. That and means like, you're young. But they said, you're doing, you did that on purpose, right? I'm like, no, I'm all bloodied and my knee hurts and I'm all scraped up and I couldn't stop. And I'm like, what's happening here? It's not, um, getting old is really not fun. Just, I wouldn't know. I, I hyperextended my knee putting on pants and then I hobbled around for three months. All right, Greg, I think you're ready to okay, move I have us to, in I'm another sorry, direction. I wanna, I want, Greg, I'm not ready for you. Um, Talia, first of all, my younger's nickname from her older their older sister is Pants. That's what's funny about your comment. Um, but the other thing is my younger is 4'10 and like 85 pounds. And so I think about these winds and I'm like, they're just going to gust them up into the air yes. if they're not aware. And it's, it comes down certain streets. So I'm like, avoid those streets. Anyway, I have an done. idea for you, Doug. This is your next million dollar idea. Big, Are big you ready? Yeah. Tell me. Yes. Weighted pants <laughs> or weighted <laughs> shoes. Steel toes. I bet they have those. That are like 30 pounds each. You know those exercise things? Yeah, you can yeah. those exercise weights for your, for yep. your legs. <gasps> Not a bad idea. Suzanne Summers. Yeah, I think that there's something there. It's a niche market, but you know That's what? I think you should master. do it. That's a thigh master. You're thinking of the oh, thigh yeah. master with the beloved Suzanne Summers. Yes, I am. I feel like we could just talk about this for the next podcast hour. That's why and we have Greg to keep us why do we? Line. Why do we have Greg? For the mailbags. <laughs> For the mailbags. Okay, bring it. All right, so here we go. You mailbag. Um, this is a 30-year-old 30 30-year-old 30 female named Olivia. Oh. I've been with my boyfriend for 10 years, and we're soon moving in together. He just told me that he might be in love with a coworker, but he doesn't know what he feels or what he wants anymore. He says he loves me and that he wants to try in our relationship, but he doesn't know if he has a crush on this coworker or if it's something else. And obviously this broke my heart and I'm in constant physical pain manifesting from this emotional pain as well. I can't eat or sleep and I don't know what to do at the moment. I understand he has doubts and trying to figure out what he wants and what he wants to do. He says he knows he doesn't want to live his life without me, but something is missing in his life. He doesn't want to throw away the 10 years that we've been together. He says he thinks I'm way better than his coworker, but he thinks about her maybe once an hour. He oh. says he sees her at work. 
but we're you know, leaving soon and moving. And even if he doesn't come um, with me, he already quit his job and would have no place to live after I leave. Am I being an idiot in this relationship? Is this relationship dead? Am I just dragging out something that's going to end anyway? I'm in constant pain. What do you think? Olivia, first of all, boy, I am loving how self-aware you are and how expressive you are about your, your difficulty. Like, I think you're, you're articulating yourself incredibly well and talking about something that would be a very normative response to what's going on. Um, I didn't catch the age of your boyfriend because I think that's relevant. Was that in there, Greg? No. 28. So He's the boyfriend's 28? 28. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. So they've been together since you were, he was 18. Um, I am someone who believes that we don't necessarily know ourselves at that young age. And so what I think is happening, Olivia, is he's trying to, first of all, I I also want to give him some kudos for being honest with you and not doing this behind your back or doing it in secret in ways that are very likely to affect your relationship. I don't think there's a conclusion, I would say, about whether this relationship that you're in with him has an end to it at this point. I don't think you're being stupid at all. What I think needs to happen is an ongoing communication about what that is. And he needs to do some work. I probably recommend, of course, that he go to a therapist and understand what's going on for him and what this person that he has this maybe obsession with, I might say, if it's every hour, it's maybe not an obsession, but you know, she's on his mind. Like, what is that? He has to figure out what that is and be upfront and honest with you about that. In the meantime, though, I would also say, Olivia, what I'm concerned about when you talk about the physical complications that have evolved as a result of your uh, situation, we got to find a way for you to take better care of yourself. Let go of that stuff that you can't control. You know, I hate cliches, but of course, you know, if you love something, let it go. Um, There is a point at which you have to let him figure this out. It's not going to be anything that, you know, thrives in your relationship for him to be unsure or that this is unresolved. So I would say I recommend he figure this out. I recommend you try to put a pause button, and I know it's very hard to do that, but a pause button on your relationship and just kind of say, I need you to figure this out. I love you. I'm here for you too. If at the end of this, you decide this is your relationship you want to be in with me, let me know. I'm going to also say, Olivia, it's a possibility that you cannot tolerate that process. That might be years long. You know, he's 28 years old now, apparently. And so at 28... This is still a very early age. I find that people oftentimes in their 30s really come to terms with who they are. Uh, Sometimes in their 40s, we talk about midlife crisis a lot. That's really not what it is. We've lived enough years, I think, to know ourselves better, and we sometimes make decisions about that. So I think he's got to figure this out. I think he probably needs to do some work. And the question is, what can you do to soothe yourself, to comfort yourself? to be okay with yourself, to make sure that you are taking care of yourself during this time. And if you, again, can't tolerate, you might need to end this relationship. Your wellness and your well-being is of utmost importance. I also think that naturally, the longer this goes on, and I don't love the idea that you just move away and somehow this issue goes away, it doesn't go away with a move. It goes away with him understanding what he wants and what he needs and being upfront with you about that, as well as you determining after all this. Like, can you be with someone? who is figuring themselves out. Lots and lots of issues here, but no, I would say no definite conclusion. Yes. Sweet Olivia. I feel for you. This is a crack in the pavement. 
and by that, I mean, it's sort of like when there's a shadow of a doubt or when there's like a crack in the faith of like, we're in this together forever. If somebody is feeling some sort of doubt or concern, it's sort of like a crack in the pavement that might start to unravel everything, or it might be the beginning of the two of you getting even closer and having even more beautiful, transparent conversations about how you navigate crushes or obsessions or because honestly, it just so happens that you are at a crossroads in the relationship. But there are so many couples that have been married for years and years and years where all of a sudden one of them is developing feelings or has a crush. This doesn't it could mean something. It could mean nothing, depending on the way that you want to right. navigate this. I would say worst case scenario, you decide that if he has a crush, this relationship's over. I think that that's premature. Should should there be a, a natural break or a natural pause to, oh, ref yeah. to reflect? Because moving is a big deal. Everyone hates moving. I mean, yeah. seriously, get movers if you can. <laughs> but but yeah, more importantly, stressful. there's not there's there's Doug. You've talked about this before, where there's just not your 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 relationship commitment level may hit a low, and that's obviously what is here until he's ready to commit and say, you're the one I want, should they even be living together is my question. So it's interesting you say that, Greg. You know, I did, I did before in my initial conversation about this, talk about putting a pause, right? And the question is, what does that really look like? Does it mean you can't live together? Does it mean you should take a break from each other? And I wanted to use the word separation for a second. Um, I wrote that down, like, as I was talking about this, like, it's very natural for couples who are figuring out some pieces that they're not sure about. I always talk about it's okay to separate. It's okay to take a break from each other. Go get an apartment somewhere and figure this the hell out So because, because you don't want to linger in this space of not knowing what to do. And so many people I recommend that to feel like, well, that means our relationship is over. And I think I disagree entirely. You have to communicate. You have to stay present. You have to continue it. But boy, I think there's a lot of couples, this one may be included, who could put a pause button, go figure your stuff out. Let's take a six month break. Let's take a year break. Let's do whatever time period works. Let's both make sure we're still in, in this relationship in the healthiest of ways, both emotionally and physically, because you know, that's very possible that he comes back and says, you know, I come to realize because it's kind of an interesting thing that he said, which is, I don't want to end this. I don't want you out of my life. Like, does he, does he want to explore polyamory? Does he want to explore right. an ethically non-monogamous relationship? Does he want to explore a different way of, of having this relationship in the world? This is or does how he people... just want permission to see what happens with this one woman? Yeah. But either way, I feel like that's the, the crack in the pavement is that yeah. I don't see a way for the two of you to move past this and just be like, okay, you guys have... A crush, he's got a crush, but we're going to keep moving forward. I do think that a pause is necessary, especially since the two of you have been together since you were so, so young. Is it possible that what he's really asking for is just permission to sort of see what else is out there before he commits? I also want to say, I mean, talking specifically about a crush Right. Like, I think it's really, and this is my opinion, but it's really unrealistic for couples to believe 
that they won't across the course of their lifespan find right. other people attractive in their path. And the question is, what do you do with that? If you are in a committed non-monogamous relationship, you have to really communicate like this is going on for me. Or if it's, if it's an interference, I mean, it's really normal for couples to walk down the street and you know, I, I, I think it's a very degree by which people want to know, but if a really hot person walks by, what do you do with that? Do you acknowledge it? Do you not acknowledge it? And I'm probably big on if you're in a, in, in a monogamous relationship, I might've said that wrong before. If you're in a monogamous relationship, you probably don't want to say that because you know, that's not in your parameters and I think it can be hurtful. Um, but if you're in a relationship that's exploring non-monogamy in any sort of way, whether it is polyamory or whether it's an open relationship or an ethically non-monogamous monogamous relationship. Mm, um, Valentine's Day. I think there's a, a point at which um, there is a, there's a piece of this that I think it's normal to have that experience. The question is, he's got to figure out why he's more consumed with this person. Every hour is not like passing someone on the street and finding them attractive right. or thinking the rock is your fantasy bed partner or John That's Cena. That's right. But you would know Momoa. nothing. I would know nothing that. about those three top people on my list. Um, no. why, don't you, why don't you both act out how that conversation would go oh. between the guy and the girl and asking to take a pause without communicating where the other person receives it as I want to break up. Like how, what, what, what kind of approach why don't you why don't you guys do a little skit or role play? Oh. <laughs> so I will say that because Olivia wrote in, I think we should do it from Olivia's point of view. Okay. Yeah. Talia, okay, do you so want do you want to be Olivia? Do you want to be I want to be Olivia. Sure. I, but I well, kind I of want to see you as Olivia too. <laughs> I'd like to be Olivia first. Um I'm okay with either one. If I were okay. Olivia, I would say so I can't remember his name either. Jimmy. There was no name. There was I no want a name. name. Um, I'm going to pick one, Jake. I'm going to say it's Jake. So um, I would say, so Jake, this experience you have of being in this crush relationship with this person is hurting me. So using an I feel statement, I feel hurt by this. I'm having a hard time letting go of it. I'm not feeling resolved on this. And I find myself not able to take care of myself. I'm not sleeping well. I'm not eating well. I'm a little preoccupied with it. I feel very vulnerable. I feel like there's a lot of grief that I'm experiencing about the relationship I thought we had. And I realize I'm not able to just accommodate your process the way this is going. I really would love for you to figure this out. Don't interrupt me, Jake. Um, I really... <laughs> I would love for you to figure this out, and I encourage you to do that in any way you want. I, I think a therapist is a great idea for this, but in the meantime, in order to take care of myself, I need some distance from you. I need you to figure this out. I'm not leaving you. I'm not going away necessarily, but at the end of this time period, whatever we decide, I will also let you know if I can rejoin in this relationship because this has created this crack in the pavement, to use your phrase. But- do you not feel like since we've been together for 10 years that I can be confused and it doesn't have to end our relationship? Like, I want to process this with you. I want to talk to you about it. You're my person. And I'm just trying to be honest and transparent. And Jake, I need to make it clear. I am very appreciative for you being upfront and honest with me. And I'm, I really want to reiterate, as I said before, I'm not leaving this relationship. But it's hard for me to watch you go through this. And so because of the pain that this ex is experiencing for me, which is mine, it's not yours. I'm not saying you're doing this to me, 
but I own that this experience is making me feel this way. And I, I need to take better care of myself right now. So I'm not leaving you. I think we should continue dialoguing and we have to figure out the frequency by with, by which, by which that happens. But I need you to figure this out for me. And I hope that's for you as well. So I'm not leaving you. It's not abandoning you necessarily. But I so want you what to... happens if I explore this? Are you still going to want me back? I don't know, Jake. That's an unknown, but it's a risk that we have to take right now to get to the other side. Like, I don't think there's another way. I think you need to explore what this is. And if that means physically or if that means emotionally, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know that. But if we maintain ongoing dialogue, if we communicate every step of this way, that will be helpful to both of us. And we both will come to some conclusion at the end of it. I don't know if I'll be here at the end. I can't promise you that. That's good stuff, Olivia. Thank you, Jake. I wish you well in figuring yourself out. Are you going to flick me off, Moon? No, I'm going to. I love you and I wish the best for you in this life. So please figure yourself out. You have my blessing and my heart, and I love you and wish the best for you. Wow, that is so incredibly mature. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not sure I would actually be able to say that last right. part. I don't think that sounds like an actual, it sounds like a therapist, um, but it's good stuff. It's like words to live by. It's very aspirational. So Greg, going to your, like, let's role play this out. It's critically important to own your feelings, use I feel statements, and then ask for what you need and want. And yes, we're being a little ideal because we are therapists and we are like conveying what an ideal script would be, which by the way, you know, I, I'm big on providing scripts to my clients because this is really hard when there's so many emotions involved. It's really hard to be in the moment and to say things the way you want to. That's why that end part about, I love you and I wish the best for you. I think most people feel that even if they're hurt and are experiencing some pain and anger and anguish in these situations. So Jake... No promises, but please be well and whole. And I mean, know yourself. I definitely, I don't think that there is a way for them to make it through until Jake figures out what this is and what this means. And I think you're absolutely right that Olivia is 100% in charge of deciding what's okay with her. Yeah. Because I will say, especially yeah. like couples that have been together a while, your relationship has to pivot. It has to grow. It has to change. That doesn't always mean that the two of you are going to grow in the same direction, but I don't necessarily think that if someone is saying like, oh, I'm hitting an obstacle. There's a roadblock that I'm going through as a human that you love, that you've been with for a decade. I'm going through something that I need to figure out. Like that doesn't mean it's the end of the relationship. It just it means that maybe the original relationship is over as we knew it and that you guys need to have communication around pivoting in a new direction. Like what does the next chapter look like? And you know, Talia, I think that's to, great. To go to I your point, say, I, I was just, I was just say, Talia, I think that's really great to acknowledge that it's over. It's over regardless. You the, know, original, you know, they're, they're, the original, the original relationship no what, is yeah. over. Stick a fork in it. It's done. Right. Now, what it, what it will become is that's yet right. to be decided. And I think that that's a really healthy approach to that because there needs to be a mutuality of understanding on what that next 
thing is going to be. That's and, right. And we all tend to try to hold on to that for that that normative foreverness of relationships are forever. That fairy tale is forever. That's yep. a mistake. And and that's yeah. And that's not how it is. Which yeah. is also why many couples survive affairs. And are Correct. better than ever. Because if you can just accept that the original relationship is over as you knew it, you get to renegotiate and you get to navigate. You get to do some like deep diving processing. How did this happen? So maybe we no longer have this like perfect ideal marriage or relationship, but we can have a real one. As I say in my four C's of relationships <laughs> yes. on douglasjensen.com, um, it is ongoing conversations that make a relationship healthy and endure. Like it, every step of your life, like for those of us who are not 20 anymore, you know, don't you look back and you realize, oh my God, I didn't know anything about myself. And then when we turn 30, we're like, okay, that was a whole new evolution as well. I will tell you my life changed dramatically when I was 40. Like I really started finding myself and taking care of myself and living every day as honestly and openly as I could. And I am a happier, happier person because of it. So I think there's a part of this that a relationship naturally, and I appreciate both of you acknowledging this, like a relationship has to evolve. It has to continue to evolve with the changes that we have in our life financially, career-wise. You know, I remember, and I always say this as an example, my uh, first class of graduate school, my professor said, half of you won't be in your relationships anymore. And I now know what he meant, which is that you're growing in this process as you become a, a clinician and learning how to be a therapist. Um, it is a like it it like pulls on your inner guts to like be yeah. honest with yourself and do your own fucking work. Mm -hmm. um, and so we become different people through that evolution and a relationship that can continuously communicate, create new compromises, create new negotiations toward a new commitment in the relationship. Three of the four C's just mentioned there. Um the reality is that's what gets us to a place where we continue, continuously grow and evolve together. together. That's right. Because Don't we do could it alone. grow yeah. in this direction and your partner is growing in that direction, but you need to figure out how to like communicate yeah. about how you're growing and changing and not assume that it means you can't grow in the same direction. And going back to Olivia's question in particular, you know, if he's going in that direction, as you put it, and she's not able to go in that same direction and goes in opposite direction because she wants something else and that's what she finds out. That's right. Olivia, you're going to probably need to end this relationship. It's not the one that's growing together. Um, so there's, there's not only that dynamic of growing in the same direction. Uh, but I'm using my hands to, to do a graph. If one person grows and grows and grows as like in, is in therapy and like coming to grips on who they are and the other person is not doing that, there's this differential and this gap in growth that also complicates an ability to go forward in a relationship. So growth comes in two packages. It's either, you know, having the same direction, but it's also at the same pace. And if both couples can do this together, which is, of course, what relationship therapy is about, making sure that you're growing right. together and you understand each other in that process. And oftentimes a third person, such as Tali and I, can be that person that helps navigate that with you. Um, you know, I think that's where a relationship can be healthy. And I want to say, Olivia, on that note, maybe relationship work is where the two of you might go. Mm -hmm. It might be where your relationship takes you. Go to therapy. Figure out how to make sure you both have an agreement that works for both of you so that you're not doing more harm. Good yes. luck, Olivia. 100%. You've got Take this. care. Be true to yourself. You are not being stupid. <laughs> there you go.
All right. Our next question is from two 25-year-old people, Ooh. a male and a female. And this is from Emma. My boyfriend and I have been together for three months and have known each other for five years. I found out that he hasn't told anyone in his life that we're dating. Needless to say, I'm a little upset right now. I feel like he's hiding me from his friends, and now I understand why he won't let me visit his apartment. This is really hurting me, and I've told all my friends and family about him. What do I say to him? What does this mean? First of all, my dear, I don't think that you should assume that he's hiding you. He might be hiding his friends or his family. Like that's also a possibility. Or maybe he's really a slow bloomer and he needs to feel 100% certain before he puts you out there. But it's definitely worth a conversation because honestly, you guys have known each other forever. But what it says to me more than anything is that he might not have the relationships in his life that he feels comfortable enough being open and honest and vulnerable to be open with them about what's going on. I still wouldn't assume that it's about you unless you check in and he literally says, well, I don't really know what this is. I don't know if it's going to last. So... I'm going to wait until I feel more certain about that. But otherwise, like maybe you can even just test it out a little bit and just like ask him, like, I'd love to come over. Can we cook together? Um, I'm going to bring some takeout and then like see what he says. And if you can sense that he's really not wanting you to come over, you can ask him like what that's about. Like, do you not want me to meet your roommate or like tell me what this is or like what's happening for you? He might just be able to tell you and I really don't even know if it's about you, honestly. One of my favorite phrases that I use a lot in this podcast is if you see something, say something, right? And so, Emma, you're feeling something, you're experiencing something that doesn't feel right to you. 100% communicate about it. Let him know how that experience is for you. Check it out and be curious about that. I will tell you my curiosity is you met when you were 20 but you've been, only been dating three months. I'm very curious about that transition. Like I'm curious about having known each other for five years and somehow this transitioned, and transitioned into something different of a romantic and maybe physical. I don't know exactly where the two of you are at with both of those words. But, you know, I think the reality is I am curious about that. Like in the last three months, like what, what changed? What transitioned? And what did that communication look like? Did you mm -hmm. two communicate about like, okay, so now that we're doing this, what do we do? Who do we tell? Who's in our friendship circle that we might have shared before? And how do we disclose that to people? You know, I think I think the the secrecy issue, I think, is a valid concern. There's something going on with that. And I agree with you, Talia. I think, you know, don't assume anything about this right. until you check it out. But because it's bothering you, Emma, right. absolutely say something. I'm, I'm hesitant always because I go to 25 year old, right? Like, I don't think that's necessarily depending on what your families of origin are, re depending on what relationships have been modeled for you. Like, I don't know exactly what this means for both of you at this point in the game and what you're really looking for. And if you know what that is, but again, this, this curiosity about having made that jump from more a platonic, I'm assuming relationship to one that's more romantic, physical, all that sort of thing. Like, tell me what that's about. That's what I want to know. Like how it did you make that It sounds pretty jump? sweet. 
It sounds pretty right? cute. And the, I mean, it is also possible that maybe over their five years of friendship, people in their lives have thoughts and feelings and opinions about that, that he might not be willing to face yet. Yep. And I, I don't think know. That's, I mean, I think Talia, that's part of it. Like who is in your shared circle? Do you, did that's you right. two in this five year time of knowing each other? Did you meet each other's friends? Did you meet each other's family members? But now you're not meeting them and, and not showing up as a couple. Is that the change? I got the sense from your question that, you don't know his friends. And so for whatever reason, your five-year connection has been outside of your support circles, which changes it a little bit because then it is, it isn't about like alerting your friends, like just FYI, two people in this friendship circle have chosen to go a different path. Like when I did a, a men's therapy group, mm -hmm. I always told people, if you meet somebody in here and it becomes romantic, you have to let me know because then your experience in this group changes and it would not be fair for both of you to be in it. One of you needs to leave. It happened once. Um, and so I, I think there's a dynamic here where there's so many questions about what this is, but bottom line, as we always say on the We're Not Fine podcast, communicate, make sure that this person knows what you're thinking, what they're, what you're feeling, and just check it out. Don't make any assumptions about what that is. I couldn't agree more. Good luck with the exploration, <laughs> Emma. Have a question for Doug or Talia. Email us your questions at questions at we'renotfine.com. Eligible questions will be randomly selected for upcoming episodes. For details, visit our website at we'renotfine.com. Join us every Tuesday for new conversations, new challenging topics, and fun.